This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you out on a Wednesday. Make time for God. I, I pray blessings on you. If you're a visitor, we're glad to have you here. If you need a Bible, we'll get an, a Bible in your hand if you'll get your hand up real high. If you desire a Bible, again, our ushers would gladly get you one. Once you get your Bible or you have a Bible, turn with me to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. We're going to jump in here and receive our tithes and offerings. As you're getting turned there, again tonight, I want to say thank you to all the ones that serve in any capacity here. And I really appreciate you. You know, whatever you do, we wouldn't make it without you. So again, thank you for your heart to serve and in every capacity. Again, just some of the recap of the announcements. This Sunday's water baptism. So we would love to be able to water baptize you. That will be a great day. So thanks for coming up. Be sure and check the, the Facebook page. All right, Malachi chapter 3. We've been here for several weeks. We're going to start in verse 9 tonight. And it says, You are cursed with the cursed, for you are robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, the reason I'm cursed with the curse is that if I've taken something in mind. Verse 10, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And if you were to study the word storehouse, the storehouse was a place in the temple. So it's, it's definitely talking about the church. So it says, bring your tithes, plural, into the storehouse. And the reason it says tithes, again, every time I get increase in my life, that I am off, I'm to tithe off of that, okay? To be biblical. Now, you can breathe. I didn't write this, okay? I'm just reading it. Just relax, okay? Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food or resource in my house. And try me now in this. Now, as I continue to read verse 10 and 11, I want you to note how many times he's going to use the word you. And so literally this is written to me and you. So he goes on to say, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And notice windows is plural. And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. That's a great thought. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So what happens here is when we withhold the tithe like he's asked us to do, we rob God of the privilege to bless us. That's exactly what we do. So when you study this, this is, this is threefold. Number one, that this is how the church is to have resources so the work of the ministry can take place. The second area he talks about is because I honor God with the tithe, it places me in a position to be blessed. Now I hope you desire to be blessed because it's biblically. God desires to bless you. The third aspect of this is he says here, he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And when he talks about the devourer, that's Satan himself. So when you look at what he's talking about here, the, the act of tithing rises out of obedience, but God always honors obedience. Will it be a step of faith? Huge. It may be one of the greatest steps many of you will begin to do, but I promise you, because the Bible says so, not because the things of heaven will erupt in your life, okay? 
Thank you for those two holy amens. Let's pray. Father God, we love you again tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to give, Lord. I thank you for your word in this area. And you're the God who's faithful to your promises. And Lord, we welcome the God who said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour blessings on you that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been on this series on idols. I like to call it counterfeits because an idol is anything or anyone that takes the place of God in our lives. And we think a lot of times this is so irrelevant in the times we live. Oh, no, it's very relevant. So I'm going to start in 1 John, way back there in the back of the New Testament. If you've gone to Revelations, you've gone too far. 1 John 2, this, this is one of the ones we ended on last week. And so I, I, want, I want to go back and read list a little bit of that in 1 John 2. Then we'll go to 1 John 5. We'll see how far we get tonight. But I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. The, the Bible's going to come alive to you tonight. There'll be scriptures that you'll begin to look and say, yep, that identifies me. 1 John 2, verse 15. Do not love the world. Now, what he's talking about here is not this, this fear of the, the makeup of the world. He's literally talking about here the, the things that operate in our world under the dominion of Satan. And the Bible will prove that here in a little bit. So he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the makeup of the world, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Is not of the Father, but is of this world. And so he, he gives us the makeup of this world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Again, if you really, really want to dig in, if you go back to Genesis 3, these are the, three, the, the same three areas that he tempted Adam and Eve with. If you want a New Testament reference, it's Matthew 4, verses 4 through 10. The same things that, that the devil tempted the Lord Jesus with. So you can go back and say, and he doesn't have any new tricks, it's the same thing. So I, I begin to think about this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So if we were by a river, if we lived by a river that really moved here in Lubbock, and I know you're going to have to really use your imagination to think about that. But if we, we lived by a river that really, really, really moved, and, and I got in the river, and, and, and Gloria got in the river, and Cameron got in the river, the river's no respecter of persons. What's going to happen in that is that current is going to begin to pull on me and it's going to begin to move me. If I open the door to the river of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the current of this world is going to take me. Now, a couple of years back, then a number of years, I, I had a, a husband and wife, or a man and woman that were going to get married. Uh, Cole and Brandy are going to get married tonight. Raise your hands. Wave your hands. Come get married. If you like marriage, just stick around and we'll watch them get all hooked up and become one, okay? But I, I, I was down in San Antonio marrying a couple. And before we married them, they said, hey, would you baptize us? Well, we were on the Guadalupe River, and I'm telling you, it was moving that day. And I thought, baptize you? Well, the lady said, Pastor, I don't mean it ugly, but I don't want you to baptize me. I don't want Miss Shelley to baptize me. So I, I crawled down in that thing, and I'm telling you, I had to brace myself because the current was so strong. 
So I told Shelly, I said, you get upstream by me and you, you move up against me and everything. And I'm telling you, it did everything it could to keep me from getting pulled under. So I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm going to go ahead. After we married the couple, they said, our desire is that you ride the rapids with us. Are you guys up for it? And I thought, well, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm always up for something on the edge. That's great. That's right up my alley. But I don't know about her. So Shelly said, I'll go. So he said, all right, let's go rent a raft. So we go to get the raft. Well, the guy at the store said, you, you can't take a raft on your own. You have to have a guide today. And I said, why do we have to have a guide? And he said, four people died on this river yesterday. And I said, oh my gosh, son of a bad word. That's not good. <laughs> so we get on that thing, and I'm telling you, that, that current is wrong. I mean, we're all over the place. And so long story short, we get to the end, and the guide, he says to us, he said, listen, pay real good attention to me right now. Listen, listen. And I said, why? And he goes, because this is where they're dying at. And I thought, oh, that's just wonderful. And so again, my point is not to tell you those stories of my life. My point is to tell you that I can't get caught up in the flow of this world and not think it's not going to affect me. It's going to pull you in and it's going to pull you under. Now, turn a couple pages to your right to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5, verse number 18. Ooh, watch, watch the word of God tonight. Mm, this is going to be good. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Now, when you look at that, you think, well, I'm born to God, and I still commit sin. And you guys say, Pastor, you do? I don't like to, but I'm a human being. What this is talking about is when people become unrepentive, they will not repent of their sins, and so their life becomes characterized by sin. That's what it's talking it's no way saying you're going to be perfect, okay? Do you know there was only one person perfect and he was crucified for being perfect? And so that's what this is talking about. Keep reading. Whoever born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one, the devil, does not touch him. Now, when I read this here, God's going to keep us. He's going to keep us. He tells that I'm, I'm going to keep you. He's been born to God. God keeps. We know that we are of God. Now listen to this. And the whole world lies under the sway, the influence, the power, the control, the grip of the wicked one. Not, not a little bit of the world. The, the whole world. So what I find this out... If I'm not born again and I'm not serving God, whether you like this thought or not, you're under the dominion of the wicked one. And when I'm a child of God, I have a desire to obey God. But when I'm a child of the devil, I'm going to obey the devil. Now, this, this is powerful. When I begin to look at this, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So day by day, there's a pull on us. There's a pull on us. And, and sometimes... That pool is stronger than other times. I, I've been in certain cities, and I'm not going to name them because you may be from there and get mad at me. 
But there are certain cities, when you go into them, you, you feel the pull of the enemy. Some of you know what cities I'm talking about. How about one called Sin City? Wow, what a title, huh? Turn with me back in the Old Testament to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, and I, I just have to talk to myself every now and then. I have to tell myself, slow down here, okay? Just slow down. Slow down. I got in a real hurry last week, and I don't like to do that. Deuteronomy 4, start with me in verse 15. Take careful heed to yourselves. Pay attention to yourselves. For you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Orb out of the midst of the fire. Lest you act corruptly or you corrupt yourself and you make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Now, again, in our society, we, we don't make carved images of people. But we do have pictures and posters on our walls of people. So was he telling us here that I can get over and there be a form of worship of people? Now, I want you to think about this, and this, this may identify you in certain areas of your life. You may, you may idolize Tom Brady. Some of you say, who's that? Some of you women, some of you men. You may have posters of him everywhere. You, you may have his jersey everywhere. You, you may have grown up acting like you were Tom Brady in the front yard. Now, there's nothing wrong with that until Tom Brady becomes the idol of my life. I, I've got to be like him. It can be that in a form of a singer. It can be that in a form of an actor. How do we know in those things? Because when singers and actors show up to many places, they have to have bodyguards surround them. Why? Everybody's wanting to grab them because to a form, they've become an idol. Now, listen, listen to the thought here. We, we watch certain TV programs on TV. And just because I watch a program doesn't make it wrong, okay? Watching a program doesn't make it wrong. But when the watching turns into worshiping, let me give you an illustration. Now, I don't watch this show. I've never seen it in my life but keeping up with the Kardashians. Now think about that. Keeping up with the Kardashians. How about this one, the American Idol? <laughs> it says it right there. So again, those TV shows can be okay until they turn into my worship that I'm like, you know what, I, I can't miss keeping up with the Kardashians. And some people will record it. They'll do everything. I mean, they'll look and, and say, you know what? At, at Thursday night at 6.30, I don't go anywhere. I got to see what the Kardashians are doing. But I, I don't put that much emphasis on the things of God. I don't worship God that way. Ooh, keep reading. The likeness of any animal that is in the earth or the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air the likeness of anything that creeps in the water beneath the earth, and take heed lest you lift your eyes, the lust of your eyes, to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, the stars, all the hosts of heaven, 
You feel driven to worship them and serve them. Now, would he warn us of this if this wasn't a possibility? See, I like to look at it this way. I don't have to worship astrology. I don't have to worship and look to the stars. I can look to the very one who created the stars. Keep reading. The Lord has given you all the peoples under whole heaven as a heritage. Now, when, when I, I look at everything he's talking about, I can't be seduced by the, the, the things God's created. So I'm reading this, and this is how God begins to put God thoughts in me. So I'm sitting there just thinking about it, and we all like to escape at times. Most of us in here probably like to go to the mountains. As close as we are to the mountains is Rio Dosa. And you hear people say, man, I, I, I go down to Rio Dosa. And it's like I'm in heaven there. And, I, and I'm saying I don't I like to go to Rio Dosa. But before long, I, I can take something good. And I think that's the place of my happiness. That's the place of peace. That's the place where I go and, man, I escape. And I don't believe God's against us escaping. But has that mountain area replaced what God does? Because what I found in my life, if you can go to Rio Dosa for a week, that's great. But after seven days, you've got to come home. And guess when you come home, what happens? Life is still there. Your job is still there. Your children. So again, it can be that way with the beach. I love the beach and the ocean. Those are good things. But see, I can take a good thing and make it a bad thing when I begin to worship that and think, that's what's going to satisfy me? It's not. Same chapter, verse 23. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. And so again, it, it can be anything or anyone that I start thinking that's taking the place of God in my life. And when I do that and I can do that, watch what verse 24 says. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God, which means his desire is in the purest and most relentless way for you. His jealousy, he's talking about, it's not controlling, but it speaks of God's passionate commitment to me and you. And so when you read that, God wants to be first place. And that's in the beginning of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. God says, I'm first. I'm not second. Now, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Go, go back into the New Testament. And so as you're turning there, what, what are my pursuits in this life? And what I mean by that is, what gets my attention? What, what gets my focus? You got to answer that, okay? Answer that in your heart. Let me ask you another one. Where does, where does the majority of your time go? Where's the trail of your money go? See, I can be seduced even by my social standing. 
I can be caught up with the God of me and I live off of how many followers I have and how many likes I have. Do you live on Facebook? Do you live by Facebook? See, I hear this more and more that people, they go to sleep with their cell phone. They go to sleep with their computer. They, they've got to begin to look at all that day by day by day. Now, I don't believe inherently there's anything wrong with Facebook until it becomes my God. When it begins to dominate me. And so you, you think about this pursuit on there. It, it begins to come about me. Now, to, to, to clarify what I mean, the God of me, watch this in Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 24. The Lord Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, which means I got to die to me and follow me. Now, culture says, show yourself. Make a post about yourself. Do a selfie. We live in a selfie-centered world. Now, it's interesting right here. The, the world says, show yourself, but the Lord Jesus said, deny yourself. Wow. So again, when I look at this, the majority of social media is focused on me. Me, me, me. But it's interesting again that Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say follow social media. Again, I, I'm, I'm not ripping it to the point where you're not to be on it. How many of you on your cell phone do you get a weekly thing that tells you how, how many hours you've been on it in a day? Does anybody get that? I have one on my phone. And there was one day, it, it freaked me out. It said your average time on your cell phone is an hour and 13 minutes daily. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? Is it wrong? Let me ask you a question. Would you give Jesus an hour and 13 minutes of your day? Wow. Just, just a thought. And again, I put myself in the story. And so I, I, I still like to work out. I, I still like to run. I don't call it running. My arms move, but I don't get anywhere anymore. And so I, I remember one day I was working out, and I work out. I have my own gym. It's called the garage. It's really hot in the summer and really cold in the winter. But I was out there, and I was out in between sets, and, and the thought came to me. The Lord said, I, I, I welcome you to, to work out, but would you just give me equal time? Would you just put me on the same level that you? And, and so think about this. If if you like to work out, if you do certain times or certain things in your life daily, you're really disciplined to do it. You say, at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm on, I'm on. I'm going to run tomorrow morning. At 5 o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to go lift. I'm going to do. There's certain things that we make appointments to do. But do I ever make those appointments with God? 
See, again, that stuff begins to locate my heart. Verse 25. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So he's talking about a self-sacrifice to discover true life. And so it, it's for Jesus' sake, not my sake. And verse 26, he says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? So when Jesus says you can gain the whole world but lose your soul, do you know what he's telling us? That's a possibility. That can happen. I, I love you, Jesus, but I never have any time for you. And so we go back to the analogy even of marriage in Ephesians 5 that the Lord gave us. And what would happen in our marriages if we got married? But I never had time to communicate. I never had time to fellowship. I never had time to talk. Some of you say, well, my husband's kind of that way right now. No, don't say that. See, I believe this is the stuff he's getting to. That I, I can gain the whole world, yet lose my soul. And so in writing this here, I believe every one of us have said this before from our heart. If I just had this, or I just had that, Everything in my life would be great. Now think about that right there. If you had to fill in the blank, if I just had this or I just had that, what, what would be in that blank? If I just won the lottery. If, if I just had that perfect job. If, if, if I just had that new car. If I just... And see, I can tell you right now, every one of us can get caught up in this. But what we're saying is here is that's the source of my happiness instead of him. And what I found in this life, the only one that's going to bring me true and lasting satisfaction is the Lord Jesus. If you're looking to other things, many of you will remember that song, can't get no satisfaction. Just can't get no no. And so I got a jillion scriptures left, but I'm not going to take you there. And so next week, I'm going to get into the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes was written by King David's son, Solomon. The, the main phrase, there's two of them in, in Ecclesiastes, is Vanity. Vanity, vanity, vanity. The word vanity means useless or meaningless. This was a man who had everything. He had what the Bible says. He had everything under the sun. You name it, he had it. The guy had such a surplus of wives. You know that dude had 750 wives? Lord bless you. But what ultimately happens, he gets to the end of his life. And you know what he says? 
It was all vanity. It was all vanity. Now, I'm going to get into that next week because what you'll begin to see in this is how much it, it mirrors everything we've taught week after week after week. And so I'm, I'm studying the book of Ecclesiastes and I find in Ecclesiastes 3, he lists 28 seasons or cycles of life. You know what he says in there? There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to laugh and a time to cry. And he lists all 28 of these seasons. And you know what I begin to look? I believe you're going to walk through every one of those seasons. I've experienced a lot of them. The only one I hadn't experienced yet is that one, there's a time to die. <laughs> I hadn't experienced that one yet. But I begin to look at all these things, and you know what began to come to me? I got to make my today's count. I, I got to serve God on a daily basis. When I serve God, it, it, it doesn't mean it's a grind. It's not a grind to come to church. It's not a grind for me to, to read the Bible. It becomes a necessity to say, Father God, the more I hang out with you, the more fulfilled I get. That some of us must understand this. Your, your identity isn't based on what you drive. Your identity is not based on where you live. Your identity is not based because you wear Air Jordans. Your identity is not based because you have Ray-Bans. You carry a Michael Coors purse. And the reason I begin to highlight all those things is because every one of us, we begin to look at all the things of the world and say, that's going to bring me happiness. Not and so the closer I get to God again, the more I'm going to be happy. The more I'm going to be fulfilled. The more it, it, it just stabilizes me. Why don't you stand up here? we got a wedding to do, so i got to quit. I, I told you guys, this, this series is going, going to help us. Man, it just locates me each week. Why don't you bow your head? If you feel comfortable, you can raise your hands to heaven. Father God, everything we talked about tonight through your word, that Lord, I, I know every one of us, we fight the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And Father God, we ask you to grace us and keep us, help us. And Lord, just with every one of us in here, that if there were things that came out of your word tonight that convicted our hearts, that, Lord, that, that located me and said, well, Father God, I, I'm, I'm not all in. That, Lord, you would, you would grace us and we would be repentive and we would come before you and we would, we would ask you to, to fill us and grace us and mercy to serve us all the days of our life. And, Father, again today, as we go through this week, Ooh, Lord, anchor our hearts again. Move within us, Lord, that we don't have to come under the sway of the evil one. Because greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, clap to the Lord. I'm going to dismiss you again. We'll pick up next week. Ecclesiastes, so be sure and be here. It'll be good, I promise you. I'm going to dismiss you to go get your kids and.
You know, you might as well get ready to add a ton of sugar tonight, so bless you. Hope you do well with them. No. And so, listen, come Sunday morning, first or second service, bring someone with you, okay? We're we going to have a, a great time on Sunday morning and thanks to God. If you need prayer, we'll have a prayer team down here. Other than that, God bless you. Have a great week. Expect a miracle. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.